Hi everyone, wanted to share a hot take on an article that I read this morning, and it was actually linked from a kind of conservative Christian site, and the link, uh, the hyperlink text was, the Enneagram isn't Christian, and it links over to an article on medium.com, which is kind of a long-form exploration of how the Enneagram has made inroads into the evangelical Christian community. Specifically, they're looking at the states, and this is was kind of used through this a Christian site as a way to say, see, um, this is why Christians ought to be suspicious of the Enneagram because it isn't fundamentally a Christian um, tool. And a, I think the inference, not so subtly, was that it's completely incompatible with Christianity. Um, I, I certainly, I take, uh, I'm going to push back on this a little bit. Well, maybe a lot. First of all, I, I can't stand the language of the Enneagram isn't Christian. That's really sloppy language to me. It's very awkwardly worded. It, that can mean a lot of different things. You might be intending to communicate that the Enneagram isn't explicitly biblical, meaning there doesn't seem to be any grounding directly um, for this uh, tool in the Bible, which would be true. But you could also use that to mean the Enneagram isn't biblical, meaning it's not compatible with Christianity that is founded on scripture and the Bible. And again, I think that would be a pretty uh, provocative and contentious and I think a losing argument. But again, to use the language of the Enneagram isn't Christian, I feel like it's just incredibly sloppy. Again, that can also be used to mean the Enneagram isn't a substitute for Christianity or Christian faith, which I would agree with. But I would never affirm the statement, the Enneagram isn't Christian, because it's so poorly worded that um, being able to articulate a, a yay or nay to that statement demands quite a few questions have to be asked. Now, are there dangers with the Enneagram as it relates to someone who is genuinely committed to Jesus, they want to grow in their understanding of the Bible, they want to become a disciple of Jesus, which means someone who is learning from Jesus and from the scriptures how to pattern their life in his way and live in light of um, his grace, his love, his forgiveness, his empowerment. Yeah, of course there are dangers to something like the Enneagram. Uh, the, you can use the Enneagram you and many people do use it as a complete substitute kind of spiritual path and if you uh, sideline god from the equation if you take a purely humanistic uh, outlook into your understanding of the enneagram and your understanding of how it ought to be used then i think it's of tremendously limited value and i think it will move you into deeper and deeper self-centeredness and yet when it's used as a way to deepen our understanding of ourselves, of who God made us, of understanding the inherent, um, kind of the inherent goodness that is within us as image makers of God, but also the, um, the inherent crookedness and corruption because of the fall. I think the Enneagram helps us to make a lot of sense of this push and pull within us, this longing for what is true and what is right and, and this um, impulse towards God, and yet also a very strong rejection of God and a running from God and a um, keeping all kinds of sophisticated psychological strategies to keep God at arm's length. And for me, at least, the Enneagram is a really helpful tool 
to uncover why I do that in particular ways. So yes, the Enneagram can be used in ways that are very anti-Christian. They can be incorporated into one's life in a way that is very self-serving, self-centered, that does nothing to confront our sinfulness as human beings or even as a Christian, and instead becomes a substitute um, kind of vague spiritual path of enlightenment, I would absolutely acknowledge that. But that isn't necessary. Uh, that, 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 isn't just, that isn't something that's going to inevitably happen by simply learning about the Enneagram um, any more than, you know, participating in uh, a certain activity is going to automatically turn you into a more selfish person. It might. And it might not, right? Going to the gym can make you incredibly more egocentric and narcissistic and, and much more self-focused. And it can also be a tool through which you learn to combat those impulses in your life. See, what the scripture talks about, and, and one of the really key, fact, uh, key verses for this, is 1 Corinthians 10, where Paul is talking to believers about their freedom that they have. And he says, listen, he's quoting believers who say, I have the right to do anything. And he says, you say that, that's true, but not everything is beneficial. And you say, I have the right to do anything, and that's true, but not everything is constructive. And so he says, you should not seek your own good, but you should seek the good of others. And then he goes on to say, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And so I, for me, and part of the um, emphasis that I really like to hold out to people is as a Christian, Often what makes, not always, but often what makes what we do sinful or God-glorifying is the direction in which we're doing it. So the activity itself might not be inherently uh, sinful or good or right, but it's to what it is directed. And Paul is saying here, listen, there is a way to eat and drink and to feast together that is destructive and that is self-serving. And that is corrupt and poisoned by sin. But there's a way to do those things in a way that glorifies God. And part of the Christian task and the excitement of being a disciple of Jesus is going on that journey, um, mining scripture, learning about who God is, who we are, how we're called to live, so that as we grow, we grow in wisdom to say, hmm, what does it mean for me to eat and drink to the glory of God? What does it mean for me to go to the gym for the glory of God? What does it mean to go to work? for God's glory and my neighbor's good? And what does it mean for me to pursue greater self-understanding and emotional maturity? And for some people, myself included, the Enneagram is incredibly important as a tool in that pursuit. Is the Enneagram the end-all and be-all? Nope. I mean, I, I certainly believe the end-all and be-all is Jesus. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. The Enneagram can bring awareness to many of the uh, strengths and liabilities that we have as our individual type. But I really do believe that it's only Jesus who can transform our hearts, who can take our hearts of stone and make them a heart of flesh. But the Enneagram can help someone who's not a Christian become aware of their need and maybe see their sin in a new light, in a way that doesn't seem as abrasive or even... Uh, absurd or offensive and for a Christian the Enneagram becomes a very helpful tool to uncover the subtle ways in which even as believers we 
invite God into certain areas of our life, but then in other areas, we kind of want to keep those under wraps or under our own power and autonomy. And so I think the Enneagram becomes a very, very helpful tool and has been for me and many Christians that I know to pursue Jesus from a place of greater depth and greater authenticity and greater faithfulness. Now, for some people, the Enneagram might not be a great tool. That's totally fine. I don't think that because you're a Christian, you should use the Enneagram and you should read lots of books on the Enneagram. It's just one tool that I have found to be helpful that I want to share with people, but I would never hold it out as a kind of substitute for the Christian faith or for growing in our knowledge of the Bible and application of the Bible and prayer. It's one tool that can be used to strengthen faith and to increase dependence on God. And so in the same way that I would never say a hammer isn't Christian, I would never say the Enneagram isn't Christian. I think what would be more important to to explore as a Christian is coming out of this language in 1 Corinthians 10. If our call is to, in things big and small, even in the minutiae of eating and drinking, glorify God, what does it mean to glorify God through the self-awareness, self-psychology, becoming aware of our interiority, whatever language we want to use, what does it mean to glorify God in that arena? And does the Enneagram offer helpful insights into how to um, move into and through that awareness in a way that will make me come out the other side with a greater appreciation for God, greater reliance on God, greater desire to serve God and to serve my neighbors well. And to the extent that Christians go on that journey and say, yeah, I find this really, really helpful. This resonates with me and I want to use it as a tool. Awesome. Add that tool to your toolkit. As Christians, we go through life and we learn, we pick up wisdom from all over. And like uh, 1 Timothy 4, verses 4 to 5 says, it says, everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it's consecrated by the word of God and prayer. So when we use these tools thoughtfully, when we give thanks to God for something that's genuinely helpful, and when we consecrate it by praying and making sure that we're using these things for the right reasons, and we're making sure that that, um, even if the practice that we're doing isn't explicitly biblical, that it's not anti-biblical, right? For example, there's nothing in the Bible that explicitly prescribes that I go to the gym to work out and to pursue certain fitness goals, but that goal isn't anti-biblical because there's broader themes of creation care and stewardship of the body. And so the task for me is how do I go to the gym in a way that glorifies God and helps to advance good through who God has made me? And I think that's the way we should think about the Enneagram. That's my hot take. Hope it's been helpful for for you. But also tell me what you think. You can email me at meerdisciple at gmail.com because this is apparently pretty contentious within certain elements of uh, the Christian subculture. So yeah, I'm always up for a coffee to discuss it. But yeah, we'll leave it there and hope you enjoyed the hot take. Bye-bye.